Good morning. I'm Reverend John Lou Johnstone, your minister, uh, let's see, co-lead interim minister for reflection and development. Yes, that's who I am. <laughs> A special welcome to our children this morning because they are going to be with us through the whole service. Old, young, or middle-aged, we are glad you are with us, whether here in the sanctuary or online. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. And this morning, we continue our exploration of vulnerability. Last week's service struck some of you deeply. Today, we will invite some self-examination, but not at the same depth. Still feelings may be stirred. Please know that your ministerial team is always available to help process anything that comes up for you, especially in response to a service. Take care of yourself, and today I hope you'll have some fun. Now, recognizing the divine spark in each person, give greetings to one another. And if you're up for it, try to say hello to someone you don't know. Good morning. My name is Chanel Shackelford. My pronouns are they, them, and I will be your lay leader for today. Please join me in the words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship this morning comes from the Book of Life by Roddy Bell Shelton Biggs, whose pronouns are they, them. Roddy identifies as black and queer and prefers to use lowercase letters on their name. Open the Book of Life. What do you see as you flip through the pages, soaking it all up? Where is the joy, the pain, the hope, the loss, the love? Now close it tight, place your hand over your heart, and pause. Then open the book of life again. Pause once more. Remember, beloved, be vulnerable, and begin again in love. Come let us worship together. The mission of this congregation was developed by the members of this congregation, and it was printed on the wall. Each week we say it to remind ourselves of it and to imprint it in our hearts. Let's join together in saying it now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. The mission of this congregation tells us what we are trying to accomplish. The covenant of healthy relations tells us how we try to be together. Unitarian Universalism is a covenantal religion. That is, we agree on the promises we make to one another rather than on what we believe. We walk together though thinking differently. And that's complicated because it means we do not expect to always agree, but trust that if we express our personal points of view, we will find a way through together. 
Our centering words this morning come from UU Minister Don Sky Cooley. Your reply is printed in your order of service and maybe on a slide? Well, it's easy. The reply is easy. We let go of who we ought to be and embrace who we are. We let go of who we ought to be and embrace who we are. Because there have been times when shame has crushed our ability to be wholehearted. Because we have not always had the courage to be imperfect. Because we have struggled to have compassion for ourselves or others. Because we have been afraid of our own vulnerability. Because we are sometimes too scared to live authentically. Because we want to be wholehearted people, confident in our worthiness and belonging. I want to name a specific concern this morning. Reverend Chris Jimerson has been ill, and we want to keep him in our mind as we and our hearts as we um, remember all of our joys and sorrows. Uh, and the joys and sorrows of our hearts inspire us to light candles along either of these walls. I invite you now to do that.
Our reading this morning is Acknowledgement of Limitations, and it's by Burton D. Carley. I wonder if the river ever despairs of its downward destiny and harbors a secret desire to flow uphill. I wonder if winter yearns to be summer or if a flower wishes it could bloom out of season. I wonder if silence would like to shout or if the sky wants to fall down and become the earth. I wonder if the bird longs to become a rabbit or if the fish ever dreams of walking on the land. I wonder if the mountains envy the valleys or if snow secretly covets the warmth of June. I wonder if the moon complains that it is not the sun or if the stars envy the earth. I wonder if rain prefers a cloudless sky or if grass tires of green and hopes for blue. I wonder if spring really likes growing or if fall rages against its colorful dying. I wonder if the world ever sighs after more than it is, like you and I, like you and I. O spirit of life, we struggle against our limitations. Teach us to accept them. Amen. In our optimistic UU way, we like to say you can do anything you set your mind to. It's not always true. There are some things you can't do. Let's watch a short video about what our bodies can't do. The human body can run, jump, climb, swim, spin, flip and roll, but there are some things that are impossible for people to do. Here are 10 things you can't do with your body. Brilliant news! Number one, licking your elbow. This is impossible unless you have a very long tongue or short upper arms. Even though there are tutorials of how to do it out there, very few people can. Didn't stop you trying though, did it? Number two, sneezing with your eyes open. Closing your eyes is a reflex response to sneezing. Many doctors believe it's because the body senses an irritant in the nasal cavity and attempts to protect your eyes from further irritants. Number three, swallowing three times in a row. Just try it now, once, twice, three times impossible. Number four, wiggle your ears. Only around one in ten people can wiggle their ears. This is because unlike other facial muscles, the ear muscles actually have their own control area in the brain stem. In order to wiggle your ears, you have to be able to or learn to access this area. Number five, twitching nose. Very few people can do this, but it is possible to learn. It involves finding which muscles control the movement and then practicing to dominate that movement. Once achieved, all your wishes will come true. Number six, gleeking. Gleeking is the ability to project saliva from the submandibular gland by compressing it with the tongue. Whilst most people have done this by accident, whilst in a conversation, very few people can do it on demand. Number seven, tongue tricks. 
Around 70% of people can roll their tongue, but the ability to do other tricks is a lot less common. The 360-degree turn, the 1, 2, 3 and 4-leaf clover, or the wave are a few of these. Number 8. Self-tickling. A lot of people are ticklish, but no matter how ticklish you are, you can't tickle yourself. Hmm. This is because your brain can predict what will be felt before it is felt. When someone else tickles you, the brain has no idea what is about to happen, and this surprising stimulus intensifies the feeling. Number 9. Touch your nose with your tongue. Gorlin sign is the ability to touch the tip of your nose with your tongue. People who can do this either have a long tongue or a long nose, a short upper lip, or suffer from the inherent connective tissue disorder, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Number 10. Flexibility. While some of us have trouble just getting out of bed, others can raise their legs to their heads or even dislocate joints at will. Extreme flexibility or contortionism is a rare ability that requires years of training to master. Can you do anything weird with your body? Comment below. So all this is kind of fun to see what we can do, uh, see uh, how our body is limited. And there's other stuff we can't do that is not so much fun. And admitting some of those falls into that category of vulnerability, our theme for the month. Okay, confession time. In my freshman year of college, I failed four classes. Calculus, philosophy, organic chemistry, and I think it was some kind of history I can't even really remember, probably because I didn't go to class often enough. So this is going to be a little bit of an interaction sermon. I'm going to ask you for your confessions as well. Totally voluntary, of course. I'm going to ask you to stand up or wave your arm overhead if you can agree with this statement. I tried something and failed. <laughs> Look around. It helps to know that we are not alone in this, doesn't it? What would it be like to own up to what you have failed at? You don't have to do it. I'm just asking, what would it be like? Does it make you feel uneasy? A little queasiness in the pit of the stomach? Do you want to present it as funny so it doesn't hurt so much? I do. It's hard to acknowledge our failures. I could give you a whole list of ways I've fallen short. I didn't learn to ride a bicycle until I was 10 because I gave up when I was 6 or 7, and so did my parents. <laughs> I got a D in driver's ed. I have such a poor sense of direction that pre-GPS, I got lost going to many important places, a wedding rehearsal, a funeral the airport, not to mention being lost in the wilderness. I've done that too. I've fallen down a rock face while rock climbing. I've broken bones. I've failed tests, job interviews, event organizing. I've had manuscripts rejected, missed deadlines, lost money on stupid decisions. I have failed to reach goals I set. So many bad memories. Yet I'm also glad I've had failure as part of my life. 
It has made me less afraid to try things because I know that if I fail, if I can't do it, I'll live through it. Probably. Failure has made me vulnerable, which I really needed to learn because I prefer to prevent my, to present myself as perfect. Failure has taught me what works by teaching me what didn't work and introduced me to my limitations. Failure has helped me learn to ask for help. Now, it is true that for some people, asking for help or being vulnerable may have a higher cost. You may need to be more cautious about who you ask for help or when you open yourself vulnerably. And that's all real based in part on the identities we carry in this world and in how we process our feelings. So I'm not saying that everyone needs to confess all their failings. There are certainly some I will keep to myself. But I want to challenge you if you're willing to do to a little bit of vulnerability around what you can and cannot do. So I invite you to stand up or wave your arm if you can agree to some of these statements. I can't reach the top shelf without standing on something. I can't walk or as, as walk as far or run as fast as I used to. <laughs> I can't drive. <laughs> I can't stay organized. <laughs> I can't get up early in the morning. (laughs) I can't dance. I can't get along with some people in my family. (laughs) I can't always tell what I'm feeling. I can't always handle everything. Some things we can't do are easy to admit, and others are a lot harder. Almost all of them, though, are things that other people have struggled with, too. And that's why people gather around their failures and frailties, reasons that there are, it's why there's 12-step groups to help people cope with the challenges of alcoholism and other addictions. It's why there are grief groups. It's why there are parent support groups. We need one another at a deep and profound level. We need to see others dealing with what is confronting us and see the successes and failures so that we have some idea what we might be able to do. So here's another statement that I invite you to raise your hand to if you agree. It's hard for me to ask for help. So you're not alone. Here's one more. I try to help when someone asks. Now there's a little disconnect here. Most of us are fine with helping out. And a lot of us find it hard to ask. Some of the fault lies in lies, we have been told. Well-meaning lies, but lies nonetheless. Our culture is individualistic. Many people expect themselves and others to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, whatever that means. And the the phrase originally meant that what was asked was impossible. 
No one can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Their bootstraps are near the ground. They're not up. They're down here. It was sarcasm, folks, not wisdom. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No one else can either. The individualism of our culture has hurt us more than helped us. And our religion, Unitarian Universalism, has fed into it. The picturesque cabin Thoreau built at Walden Pond. Emerson's essay on self-reliance. The long lists of individual Unitarians, Universalists, and Unitarian Universalists who have achieved so much. Now, the lie is that they did it all alone. Thoreau was close to town and had plenty of support. Emerson had whole crowds of admirers and co-conspirators. Even if someone's work has been done alone, they built on ideas, education, resources that they got from someone else. As John Dunn told us, no man is an island and neither is any woman or transgender person. No one is an island. Maybe then we need some help in asking for help. So here are some useful phrases. Repeat after me. Could you please help me? I don't know what to do. Here's what I need. A lot of times it can be useful to tell someone why we need help and exactly what we need. And sometimes all we can do is say, help! And here's the amazing thing. We don't have to wait until we're desperate to ask for help. Maybe you could ask someone to come with you when you go shopping for clothes to help you pick out something that looks good on you. Or you could ask for someone to help you walk the dog or study together. Practicing in those small situations might even help us ask for help in those harder situations where we're a little more desperate and maybe can't even name what we need. I want you to take a moment and think of who you could ask for help. You might think of a particular situation where you might need help, if you broke something, if you were sick, if you were sad and needed someone to talk to, if you didn't understand what something meant. I want you to try to come up with five people you could ask for help. Maybe different people for different situations. Just take a moment now and think. So I'm going to encourage you to talk later with somebody about who those people you could ask for help were. Maybe you could even talk to those people you thought of and said, you know, I was thinking of who I could ask for help and I thought of you. Is that okay? And I'll bet you almost everybody will say, yes, absolutely. You've heard of the little engine that could, that train engine that huffed and puffed and all the way up the hill. There's a pastor named Julian de Chagiar 
who wrote an article about church and ministers that, called, that was called The Little Engine That Needed Collaborators. <laughs> His point was about overfunctioning clergy and the need for everyone in the church to share the load, but the point has a broader application. And, and similarly, as a, as a volunteer working many years ago with a women's group, um, I had a supervisor who always sent two of us to do any task. And some of them were pretty hard tasks. I mean, we were pounding in stakes, clearing fields, greasing wheelchair lifts. And she used to say, one woman can't do anything. Two women can do anything. And while it might be possible for one woman to do something, I've learned that often it's a lot more fun and a heck of a lot easier if there are two or more working on it. We need one another, especially when we can't do it alone. Please join me in the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Go in peace, knowing that every imperfection, every failure, every vulnerability is part of you. Love every bit of yourself so that you can be loved completely by others. And when you need others, please ask them for help. Because we are only whole as a community when our interactions and relationships make us so. Amen, Ashe, and blessed be. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.